Folks, welcome in. St. Louis Soccer Weekly is on the Big 550 KTRS. Brendan Weesey, St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer Mark Moser. Busy program. We've got Matt Baker and Tom Timmerman with us tonight for 10 burning questions, urgent questions, on this St. Louis City team for 2024. We'll start tonight. He covers City for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. STL Soccer Talk is the podcast Mr. Tom Timmerman alongside. Hello, Tom T. What's going on, Hello, sir? Brendan. Hello, Brendan. Hello, Mark. It's cold is what it is, what <laughs> it is uh, right now. But, uh, you know, you know, last year, City had its first week of training camp in St. Louis and then went to Florida. This year, they're going straight to Florida. And uh, yeah. I, was, I was talking to Josh Yarrow last week, and he was like, yeah, that's good, good, that's great. Let's, let's go to Florida. He was uh, quite delighted not to be having – uh, any part of training camp uh, in St. Louis. So, Tom, we're we're uh, going to ask you maybe five of, of of the more pressing or intriguing questions or topics facing City here in uh, as we turn the page to 2024. And uh, I'm going to start here with you with kind of this unique Nordic flavor of uh, <laughs> a, a lot of the City moves under Lutz going back. Uh, to last well during the season last year, as uh, they, they they make the move for uh, for our guy Thor there late in the year, but uh, you know multiple moves now made during the off season with that same sort of twist. What if anything do we make of this? Uh, yeah, and first off, let me let me congratulate you for saying Nordic rather than Scandinavian because Iceland not part of Scandinavia. But Iceland is Nordic, so good work there. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, uh, I, I actually asked that question to Brad Carnell earlier this week, and he said, "Well, he thinks you know the culture is complementary to their style of play, uh, and it's also a style that I think works in their budget, or what the you know the, you know they like the guys that they have gotten. They like Thorison from last year. They think that uh, Totland, um, you know, who's the, the Norwegian." That they signed, uh, I, I can't. Dior is like the the sweet the Danish guy who's playing in Sweden. Right. Um, that that they like, you know, that he thinks, you know, he's a good fit for them as well. So it's a, you know it's a combination of you know guys that they think fit their style that are in the you know you're not trying to lure them out of the Bundesliga. You're wooing them out of the Danish Superliga. So uh, there's, you know, combinations of things. But they like the, the style of play that these guys bring. And as Carnell said, you know, the, the way that that culture is, you know, he thinks fits their style. And I think there's something to be said for having a bunch of those guys who have that shared, you know, as you try to build, you know, teamwork again and new guys coming in. These guys, you know, have common languages or cultures uh, with other guys. So with other Swedes on the team, and you know, Isaac Jensen's not there, but another Dane. Yeah. So there, there are there there are similarities there. I should note, uh, Rasmus Alm, um, Swedish, uh, Scandinavian, Nordic, uh, had surgery at the end of last season. Uh, you know, his groin just hadn't gotten better, and so they they had sports hernia surgery, and he's going to miss the start of training camp, which may mean he. Doesn't, isn't ready on opening day, but he should be ready, you know, not long after. 
Well, what what is the common thread, Tom, in terms of the the style that they bring? Did, did they feel it just transitions very easily to what Lutz and Bradley want to do um, in, in terms of just what all of these guys uh, and 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 where they come from and how they play? Yeah, and, and actually, transition is actually a, a, a big word there because that was something that they're looking at is you know the the transition from defense to offense when they get the ball, but then also the transition from offense to defense if you lose the ball. And both of those things are something that they're stressing. You know, they have to be, the team has to be good at doing are those moments. And they think, uh, they think Totland especially is going to be a, a big player uh, in ability to do that. Well, the other, the other bonus you get with Totland is he is a Norwegian-American so mm-hmm. does not eat up a foreign roster spot, uh, which I think is, is something else that probably weighed heavily into some of that decision as well. Do you agree? Oh, yes. That increased his desirability uh, for them. They'd been trying to get him for a while, and I think that was one of the reasons why they were after was because, yeah, he did not require a, a spot. And he'll be here. You know, they're still waiting for some of these guys to get their work permits, but Dublin has an American passport, so so he's good to go. Tom, looking at looking ahead with some of the roster additions, is there a player that you most likely think would be a candidate to go out on loan this year? Ooh, um, gosh, because because Jensen and and Pedro were the prime candidates. It may be maybe too easy too early to say we have to see if there's someone who doesn't um just hasn't isn't fitting in to get the playing time uh yeah i'm looking over the roster right now and i i don't you know i don't know if because you'd have to be a young guy but i don't think they would want to loan a caden glover type out you know and i think adeneron has proved he belongs you know is miguel perez does he fit you know or is somewhere where he would get more playing time. Uh, I don't, you know, it's a tough sell on that one for this time around, you know, just because I don't, I think we have to wait to see. Because at the beginning of last year, I wouldn't have said he's like Jensen. I would have said AZL Jackson would have been the guy to loan out. And then those guys flipped over the course of the season. At the beginning, we were waiting for see when Jensen would play. And then it turns out, you know, when Jackson wasn't playing, and then it, by the end of the year, obviously Jensen was gone, and Jackson was playing every game. So too soon to say uh, as to who might be in that situation this year. From a, you mentioned AZ Jackson, and I think as you mentioned, Tom, his name w- would have swirled about in, in those regards last year. He's with the U.S. men's national team in uh, in, in training camp here. What, what's his overall? viewpoint right now on the outside looking in there are certain there's certainly interest in az jackson how does city then uh utilize that is he somebody then that they that they see long term hanging around or is he somebody they can flip and and parlay for something coming back what what is az's you know recent star turn mean you know for his future it means the future is very bright, and you know if if he gets a chance, you know if there, if someone comes to the city and says 
we'd like, you know, a European club comes and says, we'd like AZ Jackson. They will listen because, um, yeah, I mean, because they would get something good. They will get money in return that they can invest elsewhere. It would be good for Jackson's career. Obviously, if Jackson's looking to play more with the national team, much better chance of doing that if he's playing in Europe. So, you know, for a guy like him, if something comes, yeah, they'll definitely look at it. And unless it's a really bad offer, uh, they'll probably take take somebody up on that. And when we talk about loans last year, Big Sam goes out on a loan but then gets recalled when Klaus gets hurt. Do you think that he made enough of an impact during the second half of the season to to get him the amount of playing time that he needs this year? Yeah, that will be the one of those tough parts for the team is they've got Klaus, Giochini, and Adeneron. And how are they going to, you know, divide up that time? I mean, you're not going to have more than two guys out there. And Klaus, before he got hurt, had gotten to the point where he was playing 90 minutes. So is it, you know, Klaus goes 90 and Jokini goes 60 and Adeneron goes 30, and you rotate that around depending on if, you, you know, if the rest guys or something. Um, you know, are there, you know, I, here's the issue. You know, if it's not a rest issue if it's not a three games in one week thing is there a reason in you which is you would say we're not going to have klaus in the lineup and so that becomes then the the sticking point i mean you're they're going to play klaus as much as they can and so then it's between jokini and adeneron as to how that time divides up and this was what what led to adeneron being sent out last season was because it just got to the point where it looked like they were going to play you know, those two guys, as many minutes, they were going to play Joe Keeney and Klaus as much as they could. So, Adenron certainly made his case, uh, certainly played well enough to warrant more time. And this is one of those competition in camp things where, you know, who wins that spot? Does Adenron play that better than Joe Keeney's play? And how are they going to balance those two guys out? I don't know. And that'll be one of the things to watch in training camp. Well, and that, that, that'll kind of lead to our third question here. Do you anticipate any changes in the management of players and their minutes throughout the long season? Did they learn anything last year throughout that season that you can see that they might manage minutes a little differently? You know, I, I think what they may change is, like, practice issues. Uh, that they may, you know, Carnell was talking about, you know, coming back from West Coast road trips and things like that, that they, you know, and not just time off for the body to get better, but time off for the mind to get better, to, to have a mental uh, kind of reboot as well. So that's something that you could see is maybe they, you know, take an extra day off of practice, you know, coming back from a trip just to, you know, let everybody get a little bit better. But in game situations, probably not. I mean, I asked, Carnell, the other day, I said, what did you learn about this team from a summer in St. Louis? And, and it was basically how tough this team was and how they were, you know, you know, redlining it on every practice session, you know, they had and in games and how much energy they had, um, you know, but they did, you know, they did well. They, you know, and they, they had something like 95% availability of players on, you know, games and practices. Uh, they had no hamstring injuries over the course of the season. So and they 
you know, they like what they have and how it works. And they potentially have a much busier schedule this year, depending how long they last in the Champions Cup. Uh, so, but they, you know, they like their depth. And, you know, do they move it, you know, rotate guys around, not so, so much to rest guys, but to make sure guys are getting games? Uh, because there's going to be, you know, tough situations. I mean, they've got, you know, Durkin in alongside Blum at center mid, or, you know, defensive mid. Do you, how many times do you want to have both of those guys in the lineup? Uh, and so there, there'll be decisions like that. Um, yeah, that they'll have to sort out over the course of the season. But I don't see any, I think the big thing is going to be, you know, maybe more mental rest time, maybe less practices or easier practices just to let the guys kind of regroup mentally as much as physically. And what would also be interesting, Tom, is just to see, you know, with uh, with Champions Cup starting up here soon and, 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 you know, maybe they have success in the Champions Cup early. And I, I would be fascinated to see, if the if prioritizing any of the in season tournaments changes, you know, maybe and also maybe based on 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 how successful the, the regular season is going to a point. Yeah, that was what we thought last year. Was you know we were thinking you know well once they got off to that good start, they didn't need the Open Cup. You know, if things are going off to a bad start, then the Open Cup was going to become more important to them. Right. Maybe that's not the case this year. You know, the, the Champions Cup is going to be interesting because the way their bracket is, they're going to play a lot of MLS teams, you know, on their route. They, they, they potentially don't have to leave the country uh, until the third round, I think the quarterfinals. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a different competition. It's funny, I was, I was talking to Bradley Carnell about this. He was saying, you know, when they were in the Champions League, as it was then at the time, when he was at the Red Bulls, he said their first game was against a you know, club from the Dominican Republic. And he said for them, they treated it like another preseason game because it's the Dominican Republic squad. It's not going to be anywhere near as good. Um, but this year, opening up with, with Houston, they can't do that. they got to take Houston seriously, and they're going to take the Champions Cup very seriously. So, you know, that's going to be something to see how that plays out because, you know, they'll, go, they'll play on a Tuesday – then they'll play on a Saturday, and then they're going to play on a Tuesday. And that Saturday to Tuesday turnaround, that's going to require two almost entirely different teams. And so that'll be something to see how that, uh, how they handle that. So they like their depth, and they think they've got enough guys at each position that they can turn rosters really well. Yeah, and, and that, the way that draw worked out with Houston, the winner of that gets Columbus, and then then even the third round – Orlando, it would be a possible that it really shook out, you know, with all the teams being here in the U.S. That it 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 kind of changes the dynamic of it a bit. That they can concentrate on it a little more, being located here and not having the travel to uh, the Dominican or even Canada, you know, where some of the other teams are. Oh yeah, I mean, there, you know, I think New England first game in the Champions Cup is in Panama. I mean, that's just a, that's a heck of a flight. I mean, you're, you know, so yeah, they got to, you know, to that extent, they looked out. Now, there's no exotic course of call that some of us would like to have had, but uh, yeah, from a, you know, practical point of viewpoint, point of view, I mean, yeah, going down to Houston for their first game, I'm sure it's not difficult at all. 
Just a couple more for you here, Tom. Uh, an Academy or City 2 player that we think could have a breakthrough this year and, and make an impact with the first team? Uh, you know, Caden Glover is going to get more of a look yeah. this year. I mean, technically he's a first-team guy, but he has played only a few minutes with the first team. He's mostly been City 2 um, you know, or the Academy. Uh, so he's going to get a chance, you know, off of City 2, there's a chance that John Klein or Michael Venzel uh, go down to Florida for training camp with them. It depends on what, you know, how the numbers shake out. And, you know, that's how Mickey Perez went down there last year. They needed an extra body. So one of those guys could come down. Those are the most likely. We haven't seen the full City 2 roster yet uh, for, for this year. So not really sure which of those guys might go down there, but um, you know, Klein and Benzel, I think, are certainly the best players on, uh, on City 2. Tom, let me ask you this one. Yep. With last year's season, but taking into account the way the end finished, not just in the playoffs, but the, the last month or so, did City, do they do enough last year to be considered one of the favorites in the West for this year? Yeah. Yes and yes and no. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you know they're, they're, it, if it goes as good as last year went, that will be, a, you know, an incredible thing. I mean, there's going to be some, you know, you know, the regression to the mean being the cliche, but, you know, they outperformed themselves in a lot of ways last year. But there's a lot of ways in which this team should be better this year. You know, that the Leuvens and Klauses have been in the, you know, in the country now that much longer. They know what the league is like. Um, and then you look at how other teams around the conference have changed, whether it's new players coming in or players going out. It, it's tough until the dust settles to get a feel you know, I think they're you know they're clearly a playoff team again, and it's funny that you know they you know exceeded everyone's expectations last year. They won the conference, but Carnell was saying, and I'm sure this goes to the whole team. Boy, they really want to win a playoff game. That's what this team wants now: is you know make the playoffs and then win a playoff game. So if they get in at second or third or fourth, whatever it is, they they. Their thing is they want to win a playoff game. Now to get that, they obviously the chances of winning are the better, you know, better chances if the higher you finish. So they have that to prove in the regular season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's they've got a really good goalie in Berkey, and he's going to continue to be a really good goalie. Az Jackson, you know, when they got to that great start last year, wasn't playing at all. They should be better in the back with a healthy Nielsen alongside Parker. And then if you have, um, you know, Dewar on the left and Totland on the right, I mean, it, it should be a better back line. It should be better defensively. So, you know, they overperformed offensively. But, you know, I was looking at, you know, Cornell was showing me some numbers. And it's like, you know, where they overperformed was from, like, Six yards to twelve yards out, which is, you know, a good place to overperform. They didn't overperform by scoring from from twenty yards out. They didn't, you know, have a lot of like K 
Kansas City in the first playoff game where they were, you know, shots from outside the box were going in. That's not where they overperformed. They, in fact, underperformed on those shots. But they, where they were at their best in tight areas around the box. So if they can get into those areas more, you know, they are in potential to do better. Tom Timmerman covers City for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Tom, update our listeners on, on your plans for coverage here now. Camp getting ready to start. Um, you're going to be down there soon for, for uh, I think, round two of their uh, of their camp down there. And then, of course, STL Soccer Talk, the podcast, is going to be uh, ramping back up as well, right? It, it will. But we, we I hope to have a podcast back, uh, a new episode uh, next week. And, yeah, hopefully for the second week of training camp. Uh, to be down there and uh, and taking it in and uh, in the beautiful Port St. Lucie, uh, Florida, a new location for the team uh, this year, but uh, be down there um, at the end of their Florida stint. Well, we look forward to that, Tom, and uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to that as well as we uh, look at the potential temperatures next week here in St. Louis. That uh... I-, I wish I could be down there this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> well, there, yeah, that would be. That would be great, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to gut out this, you know, the, first, the beginning of next week and then head down there. Tom, so, great stuff. Go ahead. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we're, we're thrilled, Tom. Thanks for the time. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Tom T., thank you. More urgent questions coming up. Matt Baker, Flyover Footy Podcast with us next on the Big 550. Brendan Weesey, Mark Moser, back with you. Soccer Weekly on the Big 550. And, folks, we know it's soccer season now because the season premiere, Flyover Footy, is out wherever you download your podcast. It'll be back on the Big 550 next week. A host of Flyover Footy, of course, with Phil Grooms and Santiago Beltran. Uh, Matt Baker is uh, with us right now here on the Big 550. Matt, we're back at it, sir. How are you? Oh, it seems like it's been forever, Brendan. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back talking city, talking soccer in St. Louis. Yeah, so you guys are out uh, with uh, episode one for 2024, and I know you were digging into a bunch of stuff that people can go check out right now. That's right. Yeah, the the latest episode out now, wherever you get your podcast, just search Flyover Footy. We go into the signings recently, our fullback overhaul that St. Louis City had, and looking ahead at the schedule and some exciting news with AZ Jackson and the national team. And just some overall thoughts on how this roster is breaking down as the team's getting ready to head back into mandatory report day on Saturday. Yeah, here we go. Uh, camp is uh, is going to get started, and we've got we had five questions for Tom T. Man, we've got five questions slash topics for you that we'll jump into here. And I figured we'd start with where it all starts for City this year. It's the Champions Cup. And that's where it's, it's sort of fun and interesting. We have something to kind of look forward to and break down. How do you handicap this opening round series with Houston that will start up here in late February? Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can look at Houston. I mean, the, the fact that St. Louis, at least last year, you got an inkling on what they're looking to prioritize, and it seemed pretty clear that they prioritize MLS league play. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a lineup we throw out for these first couple of games. We have, you know, at least four games in two weeks happening to start the season. And so a lot of the depth that we brought in may be used early in some rotating manners. I think it's going to be interesting to see just how much of the perceived starting 11 Lutz is willing to throw out there in this first, these first round matchups because you know, it's a it's a lose and go home situation in the first two weeks, and so this could be an opportunity 
for St. Louis to really make a, a meaningful impression to start the year on the continental scale. And I would I would be surprised if we didn't at least see a few different looks. But if we start, if we if we went into this first matchup on February twentieth without starting a good chunk of our perceived best eleven, I would be surprised. I think this is I think Lutz and Bradley learned a lot in that first MLS season in how the ebbs and flows of a season go, and especially the importance of weathering the storms early and being able to hit your stride later in the season. And so as a fan, I know I, I wouldn't be heartbroken if we had a, a rockier path in the early MLS season, regular season, but we were able to hit our stride later. And part of that could be making a run early in Champions Cup. So I, I'm looking for a good showing from the club. Well, and kind of piggybacking off of that with a second question of, the the end of the year last year and then the early exit in the playoffs what what do you think the biggest lesson for them they learned through not only the entire season but especially the second half and the early exit in the playoffs i would say managing the roster and consistent expectations for the players there are a few things that really stuck with me in the off season that the players commented on at the end of the season number 1 was roman burkey just his, his seemingly, he was spent. You know, Roman had played so many matches. He was the goalkeeper every single MLS meaningful matchup in the regular season. And that takes a toll on a player who hadn't played consistently in a couple of years. And he seemed pretty honest in his desire to maybe only dial it back a little bit, but, you know, to have a little bit more of a rest throughout the season. It's a long slog from February to November and, and that, that's the thing I think they learned from is you got to keep your guys fresh in those, those last few matches going into the playoffs and especially into the playoffs. But the other thing is Edu Leuven's comments stuck with me about his expectations and understanding about his positional play. And one of the things that really was consistent throughout the year is the flexibility that Carnell was employing in the players across the field, whether it's Indiana Vasilev playing anywhere from attacking mid to the number six whether it's Kyle Hebert moving from fullback to center back, it's Leuven going up and back in the midfield. There were a lot of players asked to play a lot of different positions throughout the year. Some of it was necessary, but some of it really didn't seem to click as much later on in the season, especially from Eddie Leuven's perspective, as we might hope. And so with some of the signings that we've made, I think they were very intentional to give some guys more firm expectations on where their positioning will be throughout the year, and if you can create that expectation and make it lasting throughout the year, you know, managing injuries as you need to, I think that'll put us in a much better position to finish a season unlike last year. I think, Matt, to, to me it looks like you know, this is you know, the, the story for year two is, is going to be you know, where they're at at the end. Are they in position, and just assuming they're in the run for the playoffs again and, and somewhere in the bracket, are they positioned? Do they have even the slightest bit more momentum than they had here in year one? Because when the regular season closed, they're at the top. They had the top seed. I think we we're all excited about it, but maybe in the back of our mind, it was like, gosh, I wish, I wish things would have just ended a little better felt like they had a little more momentum at the end of the regular season. I think for me, that's where you want to you want to position yourself, maybe not necessarily with that top seed, but feeling like you're playing your best soccer uh, at the end of the year when it matters the most. And I think that's 
speaks to what fans can expect for this entire season. Uh, in last year, you have to start off as strong as you can and keep that going as fast as possible because you don't really know any other way to play. You're bringing in guys who are in their first MLS season. They're experiencing American soccer for the first time. They're experiencing this league for the first time. But now everybody is a year older and a year wiser. And so if we start off this season with you know, a, a win, a loss, a draw, and, and rinse and repeat a few times, we're hanging in there in the three to six seed range for most of the year. I think that would be a massive win as long as you're seeing growth and not regression at any point. Because when you get to that post-Leagues Cup play, I think that's something that, that it was a benefit for St. Louis to experience in their first year, this Leagues Cup break. But what we're seeing in the, in the consistent MLS scheduling now of another month-long break is this back half of the season is really only about nine games. And so you're talking about a stretch run, not a back half. The stretch run is the opportunity to get everything right, to learn from the first two-thirds of the season, and then to go strong into that back final leg of the season. And that's, that's what Luton Bradley, I think, saw didn't work very well last season. We never really got into a groove after League's Cup. We won some matches, some were impressive, but we had a lot of stops at the start. And finishing the year with four straight losses, counting the playoffs, is something that I, I guarantee Bradley Carnell is not looking to repeat this year. Matt, let me ask you this one. Looking at the players from last season, some players really made an impact. Is there a player from last year's team that you see making the biggest step up this season? If you take health into consideration, I look to Rasmus Alm. I, was, I think Rasmus Alm was a difference maker on our team that we didn't have at the, at the ready at the end of last season because of his abdominal issues. And he never really got himself healthy to finish off the season, so we couldn't rely on him. And when he's on the field, his ability to press and to, to bring some wit to our attack on the right side is so critical. He was one of the two players. We mentioned it on Flyover this week. He's one of the two players that we monitored as far as the record St. Louis had when he's on the field versus off. It was him and Jabulu Blom. And we know that I, I look for Blom to take another leap in his progression as well, but he was impressive what we saw last year. A healthy Rasmus Alm has the skill set to make this wide attack a, a very dangerous thing for St. Louis City and complements a guy like Klaus and Nico Joachini very well. If I if I could pick one player that I think, especially picking off the piggybacking off the conversation about the end of last season, that I look forward to making a difference this year, it would probably be Rasmus. And, and Matt, I can think back to several conversations I know we had. I think on some Sunday mornings, and maybe this started to peter out by the time we got to maybe August. But there was a time where we said, "Hey, this team plays their best when Rasmus Alm is on the field playing well." And again, injuries kind of like like you said took the took its toll on him. But the the small sample size when maybe he was healthy last year, Rasmus Alm was a difference maker. He was, and it, he's a two way player, and I think he can complement our fullbacks very well because if if he needs to have some of those overlapping runs or even overlapping defensive responsibilities, if you're having a guy like. You know, let's say Thomas Olin on the right side, move high and progress to the end line. Rasmus Alm can provide cover. He, he's quick enough to be able to provide cover in the midfield defensively in those 1v1 open spaces. And I, I look to that as an exciting combination, a guy like Thomas Tolan or Jake Nerwinski, whoever ends up winning that battle, 
and Rasmus Alm healthy on the right side. When he was out there, we were capable defensively against the counterattack just as well as we were on the press. And and what he can bring in a goal-scoring uh, facility as well, there's a lot to love about his creative ability. He's a guy who loves to cut in as well, so he can bring the ball, and he's great with carrying the ball himself, in addition to just finding where Klaus holds the line. The, the chemistry that he had with Klaus last year was impressive. And in his just 13 games started, Rasmus Alm had a combined seven goals plus assists. That, that level of productivity is what we were missing at the end of last season. So watching for him to be healthy as the club starts preseason is one of my keys. Matt, Chris Durkin, how important of a role and, and where do you see him fitting in to this team right off the bat? Mark, if you remember last season, one of the one of the things Jabulu Blom said at the end, uh, another thing that was a takeaway from the end of the season is just how difficult it was to transition to the American culture, lifestyle. He, his his ability to adapt and I think get his body right in a lot of ways was one thing that uh, took a toll on him throughout the season. And the ability for Chris Durkin to come in here and provide cover for Jabulu Blom at times to complement Jabulu Blom gives. And a level of flexibility that St. Louis will just value to no end, but it also provides some cover for Blome to not have to play as much. It's kind of a similar discussion with Roman Berkey, where I would expect Ben Lund to feature a few times more this season. I would expect Jabula Blome to be able to take some rest or not play the full 90, not be asked to play the full 90, because you have Chris Durkin there able to cover. Durkin can play the six. He can play a box-to-box. He, he, he's a guy who not only will provide additional depth, but I think he's going to push Blome as the season progresses for that starting number six spot. And we know competition is always good for these guys, especially in some of these key areas. And Jabulu Blome was the number six last season that we could always rely on. If you're, having, if you're adding a guy like Durkin to be able to push Blome and possibly usurp him or compliment him, that's only good for our team. And Durkin himself is looking to prove himself just as much as we're looking to take advantage of him. He, he's coming off of a very successful season with D.C. United, but he's still looking to put himself back into national team consideration. After coming back from Europe, he kind of fell off the radar a little bit as far as the, the American uh, national team landscape goes. And so Durkin himself is looking to prove, just like guys A.Z. Jackson and Indiana Vasilev are, I think that's an exciting opportunity that we're adding to our team. Well, Matt, as, as we kind of wind things down, this may be the most difficult question of uh, of the evening and I, I'm sure it's something that that you've pondered over already many times uh, and, and I'll put this out let's put this out for the uh, for the MLS home opener not so much for the Champions Cup a a first 11 have you tried to sculpt something together yet with the new additions with the guys that are back? How do you see that looking when uh, the MLS season starts officially for this club? That's the, that's, that's the million-dollar question over the next month. And it's really going to depend on how quickly some of our new signings get into camp and are able to make a difference. Um, one of the things with Nicholas Dewar, our left-back that we recently signed from Denmark, is that he's not going to be opening camp with the rest of the club. He's still working on his work permit, and so he'll arrive later. I view his signing as more of a timeline similar to Jabulu Blom last year, 
where he may start that first game if he's if he's available, but I wouldn't count on it. I'm looking for him as more of a slow roll, slow burn to get going. Long-term, I love him in that left-back spot. I think he'll take it, but to start the season, I, I would say Berkey and Nett is a given. Right. Our back line, I would look more to Anthony Markanik starting that left-back spot with Joachim Nilsson, Tim Parker at center back, and then I think Tomas Totlin has the ability. As long as he can open camp and get a good preseason in, I, I look for him to really take that right-back spot and run with it. And then I'm personally a fan of our 4-4-2 or the 4-2-2-2 that Carnell likes to employ. It gives us uh, a lot of options in the midfield. It gives some freedom to guys like Eddie Leuven. And so in the midfield, I look for Blom and Leuven to start. Leuven as that kind of free-flowing number eight who can move higher with Blom next to him. I, I think Durkin will start on the bench. I think he'll give us a really nice change of pace look in the second half. And then... I look for AZ Jackson and Rasmus Alm on, I guess you could call it the left and right side, though AZ Jackson being given more freedom to work inside himself. And then up top, Klaus and Nico Joachini. Uh, that, that's who I see as our starting 11, but you know, I, I didn't mention guys like Indiana Vasilev, Newtby Thorson, Sam Adeneron, Tomas Ostrak, all those guys that are attacking options. I think you'll probably see them in the second half of that first game. And this all really depends on who we roll out against Houston. Uh, because the Houston, the first game, we may alternate. Sam Adenron might get a start, or Tomas Ostrak might get a start. And then it'll leave some of those other guys that I mentioned able to play against Ralph Salt Lake. But the benefit we do have in that, and, and I think this is noteworthy to remember for the first game in the MLS regular season, is Ralph Salt Lake, this will be their second game of the season. They open the season on February 21st against Inter-Miami. So they're coming off of even shorter rest than we'll have against Houston. Uh, and one other name, uh, Kyle Hebert, not not in your first 11, man? I have I struggle with Kyle Hebert because it, it, it's a tactical decision by Bradley Carnell. How does he want the left side of our defense to look? And it's pretty obvious the, the styles of play that are different between Anthony Marcanic and a guy like Nicholas Dewar versus a Kyle Hebert. If like, let's say uh, Bradley Carnell wanted to be more attacking-minded on the right, but he wants a little more defensive certainty, then Kyle Hebert might go in at left back with an idea that he'll, he'll drop back a little bit more. He won't provide as much in the attack, but that'll be the trade-off. And so if we see Kyle Hebert, it will be very intentional to need that on the left side of our defense. I, I'm excited, more so right now, very, it's an optimistic time. Who's not optimistic in January? I'm right. optimistic yeah. about the... You had the two-way play that Tomas Totlin offers. So when I see, when I say attacking-minded on the right side, I think Tomas Totlin has the capability to track back just as well as anybody from what we've seen and heard. And as long as that comes to fruition, maybe we can take more of a chance on the left and roll Anthony Marcanic out there. Matt Baker, flyover footy, it's back. You can download it wherever you download your podcast. It'll be back on the Big 550 KTRS next week. And then, of course, once we get into the regular season, it will be back in its, uh, well, multiple weekly format because, of course, Matt, I I imagine uh, the Fallout pod will return as well. It will return, absolutely. I'm looking forward to a full season of our Fallout pod adding to our regular show. Matt Baker, Flyover Footy, our, uh, one of our great soccer contributors here in the Big 550 KTRS. Matt, uh, here we go again. Uh, thanks so much for the time, and um, look forward to chatting here real soon. Sounds good, Brendan. Excited to get going. That's Matt Baker, Brendan Weesey, Mark Moser. It is St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550. 
When we come back, Moser's got his picks to click to send us home and send you into the Mizzou game plan of the Big 550. All right, let's wrap the show with some picks to click. Brendan Weesey, St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer Mark Moser. Mose, we are here, and uh, we do have some, again, cold, very cold here, but uh, the thoughts of uh, some warmer weather to come, but we've got some soccer that people can check out this weekend to warm them up maybe a little bit. We do, and also we have, you want to get a little warmer soccer? St. Louis Ambush play tonight at home. Beautiful. Uh, They play tonight against Milwaukee, and then they play Utica City tomorrow night out of the family arena. So, folks, if you want to get out and take in a good, exciting soccer game, head indoors to the family arena. If you decide to stay home this weekend, which a lot of people are going to do, I got some clicks to pick for you. We'll start off Saturday morning, 11.30 a.m. on NBC, Newcastle United versus Manchester City. And then flipping over to Sunday, a couple games. Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. on Peacock, Tottenham versus Manchester United. And the big one this weekend, Sunday, 1 o'clock on ABC and ESPN+. Plus, The Super Copa Final, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and it doesn't get much bigger than that. When you match up Barcelona Huge. and Real Madrid, that is must-watch TV. So those are my clicks to pick for this weekend. I hope everybody stays warm and enjoys some soccer on the weekend. Mose, we'll uh, we'll see you next again. This we're we're just about back into regular season mode. A lot of great coverage coming your way. Of course, Soccer Weekly uh, Tuesdays with when there are no Mizzou preemptments, and there'll be a few along the way here. But of course, Soccer in the Lou Saturdays with their Soccer Wrap Up. It's uh it's just about time. It's about time to get going again and. Uh, City plays their first preseason game in a little over a week. Wild so stuff. it's here. Wild stuff. Most appreciated. We've got some Mizzou stuff. We've got the Mizzou game plan. Talking Tiger hoops. Talking Tiger football. Coming up in the next couple hours here on the Big 550 KTRS.